Wise guys, these guys know sports here on this beautiful Friday, July the 10th. Another day on the Wise Guys show with Mr. Clarence Nixon. What's up, Clarence? Clarence? Oh, man, my bad, man. Happy Friday. How you doing today, man? My bad. I'm tripping. But how you nah, doing today? You okay, man. You doing all right. Are you, you good, man. How you doing? You doing all right? You good? It looks like you're catching up on the beer game, man. I'm trying to catch up, man. You know. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm looking rough. Hey, man. I need a. Yeah, I need a cut badly, bro. I look. <laughs> I'm looking like a werewolf over here, man. It's, it's, it's the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, the coronavirus really, really is affecting my haircut appointments and all kind of stuff, man. It's just crazy. Corona edition, man. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Everybody, remember go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at wiseguys underscore wh also on facebook wise guys and be sure to follow wise guys on instagram with these guys no sports we got an action jam-packed show today we're going to talk about Kawhi leonard there are reports that Kawhi leonard will not be traveling with the clippers to disney world also kenny the jeff smith he says lebron james is the 10th best player of all time me and clarence will give you our thoughts on that as well and also cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator brian callahan has some comments on joe burrow who Clarence believes is a Hall of Famer, but we'll get to that later on the show. <laughs> we'll get, let's start off in the NFL. As earlier in the week, the NFL, they banned jersey swaps from the players because of the coronavirus. And they said no media in the locker room, no interactions after the game, pre-screening before entering the facility. If the temperature is over 100.4, then they're not prohibited to enter the facility. Fans, won't be able to tailgate outside of the stadium. And for, and the first eight rows are blocked off in each stadium. So as we open up the show today on the Worldwide Sports Network clearance, do you agree with these protocols that the NFL has handed down? I hate it. I don't, I, I, my bad, excuse me if I used the word hate, but I don't, I don't, I don't like- You can hate them. If you hate them, you hate them. You can hate them. I hate them. Are you right? I hate them. I hate the protocols, but the protocols are so hypocritical, though, because it's so hypocritical because these football players are tackling each other, tackling each other, and, and slamming each other, touching each other when they're on the field. They're not playing two-hand tag. They are tackling. So whatever whatever like protocol they got to go through, it's, it's ridiculous. And some of the, some of the protocol I, I agree with, though, Trey. I do agree with, like, no media in the room because because you got to think about it. You've been tackling other guys, and then – when you get done from your game and stuff, you're so worn out. The media come in there asking questions. They circling around you. They all in your practice space. And it's like, hey, I really need a mask on because I really can't breathe around y'all. But these, these protocols are to keep us fans, us fans and football players safe. But at the same time, I don't, I don't agree with them banning the jerseys because I always thought it was traditional. And here's the kickstart. When when players swap jerseys, 
it get added to their salary, it get added to the team salary, or the owner will charge them five hundred or more because of the jersey swap. So they feel like if they keep giving away their jersey, they're giving away all the money. They're giving away all the money, and they got to char- get charged for that because they're losing money. Because and they on top on top of that, thirty five percent of their salary is getting taken away, so it can cover for COVID nineteen. It's just all one big mess. First, you ain't getting your contract. And then you can't even interact with your boys after the game. It's just like they're on a restricted area. And I even I even had a source that even said that the coach has got to be six feet away from his players when he's coaching. Ridiculous, man. Mr. Mark is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. And the, the fact that the NFL is even trying to pull this off, I just think it's crazy because I think they need to just be honest and say, hey, we want to make some money. That's what it's all about, Clarence. Make no mistake about it. This is about yeah. money and the dollar bill. And what's going on is these NFL owners, they don't want their quality of life to be compromised. That's why they're willing to have a season and, and put in these protocols to try to basically you know, manage the coronavirus as much as they can amongst the NFL players. But this is a National Football League. These are where players are going to be around each other. They're going to be interacting with each other, coaches, players. It's going to happen. Players are going to get the coronavirus, period. It's, it's, here's what my thing for the NFL. What's, how's the NFL going to react when, let's knock on wood, let's say Lamar Jackson or, or Aaron Rodgers or, or, or Patrick Mahomes, what if one of them uh, get the virus? Then that's going to affect the quality of play. That's going to affect the team that, that's, that's, that's playing that week, whoever the player is that gets injured. So those are things that the NFL has to keep in mind. But the NFL, they're just all about money. They're trying to find a way to be able to make some money because if we're being perfectly honest, there is no way to be able to manage this coronavirus basically happening in the NFL. It's going to happen. Players are going to catch the virus. Either you shut the season down completely and say there's no football at all, or you try to put in these protocols to try to pretend as if you care or you are like you're trying to manage the disease. But I think these NFL owners and, and Roger Goodell, real, real quick, they just care about making their money, and that's the most important thing to them right now. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know, son, what you just said about what if these star players catch the coronavirus, is they automatically going to miss the game? Because, you know, in, in my opinion or in some procedures, it takes two weeks. You have to, like, self, self-quarantine self yourself for two weeks now. And in a two-week span, that's two games right there played right then and there. So my biggest question is, well, what to, like, the owners, even Roger Goodell, if one of these players catch the coronavirus, is do they have to automatic sit for two games because that's how long the coronavirus can even go away out of their system? Right. Like, and then and then think about this. What if Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson contract the disease? That means they're gonna have they're gonna have to sit out maybe for one or two weeks, like you just said, which affects yeah. your which affects your ratings. Make no like we are, we all know the reason why we watch these primetime games when it comes to the NFL. We watch them because of the quarterbacks. We want to yeah. see the Patrick Mahomes going up against Lamar Jackson. We want to see Aaron Rodgers going up against Tom Brady, Drew Brees going up against Deshaun Watson. It's what we want to see. And if your star quarterbacks are contracting the disease and they have to miss games, that's going to affect your bottom line when it comes to ratings. Because yeah. people are going to say, what's the point of even watching the Kansas City Chiefs if Patrick Mahomes is not playing? But most people are going to write them off and say they're not going to win this week, even though they did just win a Super Bowl, and we know how electrifying that offense is, we don't want to see Matt Moore. 
we don't want to see Matt Moore. <laughs> like, that's just not yeah. what we want to see. So, you know the ratings are going to be impacted by the coronavirus if some of these major key players catch the yeah. disease. And that and that, that's that's another thing too because I I read I read a couple of articles and sources that the NFL was open to shortening the season. So do you think it's the that's the best decision for them to do is shorten the season? To be honest, Clarence, I don't have all the answers, but only thing I can tell you no, is your opinion on this. You're like, no, no, I know, not, no, I know. I was I was about to give you my opinion. So you roll. I, the only thing I can say is that this is inevitable. Like it's inevitable that the, that these players are going to contract the coronavirus. There's yeah. no way around it. Unlike the NBA, the NFL they can't just play in a bubble. It's not possible. It's too many players on each team. Too many players on each play. Each play on the football field, there are 22 players on most rosters. There are over 50 players on game day. On game day, so it's just too many moving parts and too many coaches, players. And, and, and train um, people like people on the training staff as well. They are a part of this as well. So it's just too many moving parts. And like I said, I, the NFL they trying to make their money. They want to they want to figure out a way to not compromise their quality of life. These NFL owners, Jerry Jones, Mike Brown, you, you name them. You know Robert Kraft. They all all about their dollar bills. I, I told yeah. you this on one of our shows before on the Worldwide Sports Network that they want to win football games. But a lot of these owners prioritize their money even over winning football games. Case in point with your, with Mike Brown, yeah. the Bengals owner. For years, Mike Brown has robbed Bengal fans of their dollar bill because he wasn't trying to put the Bengals in position to win football games. He wasn't trying to make necessary changes to the culture for the Bengals to be relevant until, I would say, within the last maybe 10 years because he brought in Marvin and Marvin changed the culture. Well, maybe I say I'm going to say Mar probably the last 15 years because Marvin was with the Bengals for multiple years, but I'm just saying they care about their, they care about their dollar bill, period. <laughs> yeah. Uh, funny that you brought up, funny that you brought up the, uh, the cons, the owners, like having all this big money. And my thing is this, it, when they're taking a 35% out of these players' salaries, where are they putting that against to? Where are they putting that to use? Is there holding on the money or is they putting it to foundations? That's like the questions like find out my my fundings to help the, for the, with the COVID nineteen because it affected. What are they doing with that extra money that's benefiting them or the fans or even the players? Like it's a lot of questions into that 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 topic. But yeah, all these protocols is is for safety concerns and is this the best thing to do? Because it's been, it's even it's either this or it's no season. So I think that we should just give it a chance instead of just blowing it off. We could be upset, but we just have to give it a chance. See, I disagree. I disagree. If you don't really have all the answers and, and you don't have it all figured out, I don't want to give it a chance. Because what's going to happen if we're in week six or week seven and there's a spread with the coronavirus amongst all the NFL players? We, I don't want to stop the season. I don't want to get my hopes up to think we're going to have a full, complete season and they got to stop everything and shut it down like the NBA had to. I want to make sure we can get through the entire season. So I feel like if we can't, for sure, no, if not, we're going to get through the regular, the whole entire season. I don't even yeah. want to start the season. I don't even want to have a preseason, nothing. Just let me know <laughs> now. Let me know now that I won't have my football. I was actually reading a meme earlier on Facebook, Clarence, and I'm going to send it to you after we get done with the show. It was a couple laying in bed, and the, the girlfriend, she had a thought in her head, like, like that. She, I guess she was thinking something in her, it was like a pop-up in her head, and she was saying, 
like what her boyfriend is thinking. Like, I wonder what he's thinking about and what's on his mind. And he's thinking about, I wonder if they're going to cancel football season this year. <laughs> that's what us men and us football fans, that's what we're thinking about. We're thinking about whether or not we're going to get a chance to even have football while our girlfriends is wondering what we're eating for dinner tomorrow and stuff, and stuff like that. But just overall, man, like I said, I don't even want the season to start if we can't finish it. I'd rather us just cancel the season now and I'll just find me something else to do this fall. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Hey, let's move on, though, man. Let's move on. Before we do that, everybody remember to go follow Wise Guys on Facebook, Wise Guys, Instagram, These Guys Know Sport, and Twitter, Wise Guys underscore OH. And also, give us a subscribe button on our YouTube page, at Wise Guys. And you are live watching. We are live on a worldwide sports radio network. Let's move on to the next one, though, Trey. So, earlier in the week, we seen Kawhi Leonard we seen uh, sources that Kawhi Leonard is not traveling with the Clippers to Disney World in Orlando, Florida. And the Athletic, they are very concerned about his health. So my question is for you, though, Trey, should the L.A. Clippers be more concerned about Kawhi Leonard's health? I say no. I say no. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the Clippers, they are going to be in the playoffs. Those eight games that the NBA is going to, play when they return those games are for the Clippers to get back into the flow of the game get build up their chemistry back up and so forth but when it comes to Kawhi Leonard I believe the Clippers have to understand that they are trying to win a championship and if you're trying to win a championship you want Kawhi Leonard as close to 100% as possible I will admit though I will admit the only issue I have with this is Kawhi you've been off for the last five months what the hell is going on like it shouldn't be no health concerns but when it comes to the Clippers, I believe they should understand that as long as Kawhi is there when the, the, when, the, when the regular season is officially over and we officially start the playoffs and he's ready to go, I believe they should understand what he brings to the table and the caliber of player that he is and the kind of player that can lead them to a championship. If you remember, last year with the Toronto Raptors, Kawhi had multiple games where he missed during the regular season. He didn't play a full 82 last year with the Raptors. He had multiple games where he missed, you know, for low management. So this is not something that's new. This ain't something that we just just now finding out about. Kawhi Leonard beats to his own drum. And this is one of those situations as well. He might not want to fly down to Orlando with his team. He might want to fly on his own, on his own charter flight, the Kawhi Leonard charter flight. So I'm not going to sit there and make a huge deal that he's not down there with them at the start of the the bubble and the playoffs and so forth, I'm going to make a big deal about it once he really, really misses playoff games. If I'm the Clippers and if I'm Doc Rivers and Steve Ballmer, the owner for the Clippers, I won't make a huge deal about Kawhi Leonard's health until he starts missing key playoff games. So, so he played six. Okay, to be exact, he played 60 games for a Toronto Raptors, 60 out of the 82 games. And quick question, you know it's eight games in his, in his play-in bubble. How many games do you think he should play in? Out of that eight games, I'll say maybe five. He don't have to five. play in every single game. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I say maybe five. He don't have to. I'm not going. I don't expect him to play in every game in these eight games before the playoffs officially start. Do you? I feel. Here's my thing. Kawhi, like you said, he's he been off. He's been off for five months. He's been off for five months in this pandemic. You had all the time to heal from your your past injuries, even. Even from your recent injuries, hell, you you couldn't even got a surgery in for all this for this period of long time. And my thing is this: 
I feel like for this Florida game, for what the Clippers has done, they are they are resting they are resting him and getting prepared for the playoffs because he's he probably can't really play a full eighty two game because because he probably has some some still lingering it lingering injuries. I mean, he played almost eighty two games for the Spurs like what in his first six seasons like what well, like. He playing. He got. He's capable. He's capable of, of playing eighty-two games. But like you said, this is a play-in eight-game, eight-game bubble. Eight games in a bubble. Do you really need Kawhi Leonard for all eight games? Absolutely not. No. But at the same time, he still need to get his make his presence unknown. That hey, we have been off for a pretty, very long time, and I'm healthy, and I'm in mid-season mid-season form. That's that's what's more important. Is he in mid-season form, or he's not even in shape? Because it's, because when the playoffs they go start coming real fast, and when they get here, he has to be in midseason form. I mean, his numbers look his numbers look good. Well, almost twenty seven points, seven assists, and five. I mean, seven rebounds. Excuse me, and five assists a game. That's pretty. Like we know what he's capable of, but his his injury health concern is can be a little problem because you want to know how far he can really go without having no injury problems. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from on that. But I was going to say this as well. Even if the season didn't shut down, Clarence, do I believe Kawhi Leonard was going to be playing game 76, 77, 78, 89? 80, you know, do I believe he's going to be playing game 80, 81? 80? No. Even if the season hadn't shut down, Kawhi wasn't going to play the last 10 straight games. At he least wasn't going to do that. Say at, at least 60. At least 60 games. He no, I know. At least 70 games. At least right, 60. But- what I'm saying is, though, we were already three-fourths halfway through the season. And, let's, and we were at games. If I don't even remember the exact number that the Clippers had played, the amount of games. But he wasn't going to play every single game the last 10 games. You see what I'm saying? He might have played five or six of those games. But Doc Rivers would have sat him out to relax and gear up for the playoffs. I, don't, I didn't see a situation where he would have played all 10 of the last regular season games, even if the NBA hadn't shut down. But I will say this. I think LeBron would have. Because I think LeBron was he was in, he was in go mode like he he was he had he had his foot on the gas pedal. They were going straight to the playoffs, and they were firing on all cylinders. You know they had beat the Bucks and the Clippers in that weekend series in LA. So I think LeBron would have kept his foot on the gas pedal and went right into the playoffs, playing most of the games down the stretch. But I don't see Kawhi Leonard doing that, and I don't see him doing it once they return to the bubble later on in July. I feel what you're saying though, because uh, excuse me, health is the number one thing in, in sports. If you're not healthy for, for anything, then you're losing luck on everything you could earn in that single season or for the future. And okay, let's move on to the next question. So we want to, if the LA Clippers did win the championship, like what what does a championship do for Kawhi's legacy? I believe it will. Make it would make him start to be in that conversation and being maybe one of the top, you know, 20 or 30 NBA greats. You know what I mean? Because he's one of the he's obviously the best two-way player we have in the NBA. And it would be his third NBA finals MVP with the third different team. He won one with the Spurs, he won one with the Raptors, and this one will obviously be one with the Clippers. But I think he'll be starting, he'll start to, you know, elevate himself into that conversation amongst the top NBA greats. But do I believe he'll get into that conversation with LeBron or Kobe or Jordan? I do not. And I'm going to tell you why. 
the biggest issue that I have with Kawhi Leonard, although he is great, and again, he's one of the best two-way players in NBA history. He's the best two-way player we have in the NBA right now. And I, I, like I said, the way his game has elevated throughout the course of his career, you remember, Clarence, when he first came into the league, he was great on defense, but his offensive game improved throughout the years as he got older. He got better offensively as his career went along. At first, he was just a great defensive player. Yeah. But he's gotten better offensively. And I give him credit for that. But I think where we're going to diminish his legacy is the fact that we discuss load management. When we talk about LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, one of the reasons why we applaud them and give them the credit that we do as far as being NBA greats and, and being icons is because they showed up every single night to play. It wasn't many games that, Le, that, that Kobe or MJ or LeBron has taken off. They always show up night in and night out. That's the main priority that you have to, to prioritize when you're an NBA superstar. It's not just about your talents. It's not just about you basically getting the money and the fame. It's also about showing up and giving the fans what they want to see. And that's why I believe we're going to diminish Kawhi Leonard's legacy based on the fact that he doesn't show up every night to play. And he has these nights where he has low management next to his name and he has DMPs. So that's why I feel like overall his legacy will take a hit. I think, I think for for the championship, if he brings another championship into his legacy, I think it will put him like literally probably top two, top two player in the NBA, in my opinion. Even even probably over KD. Like, no, I disagree with that. But wait, over KD? I'm, look, my thing is this: Kawhi Leonard. Is a better leader than KD. He is. He's a better field field general than KD. He's a better defender. We knows that. And his IQ is like way way out the charts than KD. So he already. I disagree with him. some of that. I disagree with some of that. But go here's, ahead. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. For Kawhi Leonard, for Kawhi Leonard, he had the groom to be a, a leader. And that's what he did in San Antonio. He they groomed him into be a leader because they see all the superstar traits that he had, and it was and they can believe he could have took it to the next level. But I think, but I think if Kawhi would bring another, if he bring a championship to the LA Clippers, I believe that he's setting the new wave for the next generational player. For one, you're you're doing low management. You're not playing all eight games, but you're staying intact. So you can be able to be available for all games. I'm, I'm just saying, available for all games. Yeah. And it's a, here's another thing: if you if you got all the talent of you in the world and you and you're the best at your position, then you go out there and ball out, which he always does. He he's always one of the main leaders. He's always one of the main leaders in score, and his assist numbers is going up. And his rebounds are very, or rebounds are very, very, uh, I can say, effective. And, and you remember, he got his first triple-double in his career this season. So you see the, the, uh, like the development in his game that's making him better. And do, do I believe that can be enough to lead to a championship team? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. But I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Right. Um, when you talk about his leadership, I do agree with you that, you know, you ha he, he is a leader. And he leads in a different way because he's not very vocal from what we see. On the outside looking in, Kawhi Leonard is not vocal like LeBron, LeBron James or like a Michael Jordan was or like a Kobe Bryant was. He's more quiet 
and how he goes about his leadership style. But I wanted to ask you a question. We're talking about Kawhi's legacy, not where he'll be ranked as far as NBA players today. You said yeah. if he was a winning championship with the Clippers, you would probably rank him in that top two NBA players in the NBA today. What about his legacy? We're talking about overall comparing to other NBA greats. How will his let if another championship gets added to his resume, how would that affect his legacy? That would actually that would actually would put him in the top top 30 with all the greats because what he what he's what he brings to the table and bringing in another I, I'm gonna just say that if he wins another championship he's obviously gonna get the finals MVP he's gonna be he's gonna be in them talks right. about the, the most finals MVP than Shaq Tim Duncan LeBron James even Michael Jordan he's gonna get in them talks he's gonna be in them talks because they see his game going up and I truly believe if if uh if he bring in another title Hell, and bring him another, bring in two titles, or bringing this title, this would make him being probably would be in a conversation with LeBron and Michael Jordan and Kobe. They no, yeah, he could never be in a conversation with Kobe, listen, LeBron, and I Jordan. Say, I wouldn't say never. I, I'm not gonna say never. Okay, I, okay. I will, I will say this: he, he, ha, he's, he see greatness in his in his way. He's he's on his way to to being a successful. Basketball player, as he already is, he's a multi superstar. He's a big superstar in the league. He's a top five player in the league. I agree. And, and but think of this though: if he add on another, t t uh, if he add on another NBA championship onto his resume, that's another ring in LeBron James era. And then you can, and then you can just be like, man, Kawhi Leonard, man, he might actually be better than some of these greats back in the day. He might be. I can say I could put him over Charles Barkley. I could put him over. I could put him over Charles Barkley. I could put him over. What? Penny what? Hardaway. what? Yeah, wait I, a minute. Wait, wait. Because it's listen. See, that's where we go wrong. Don't get me wrong. The championships matter. They do matter. But also, it matters as far as individual accomplishments. I love Kawhi Leonard in this game and how his offensive game has developed to being one of the top five players in the NBA. But Let's not forget Kawhi Leonard has never won an NBA MVP in his career. And again, he doesn't play 82 games. What is what is your best ability? Go ahead and finish the sentence for me. What is it? The best ability for him? No, your best ability is no, the best ability is availability. You have to be available for your team. Like I said, what made Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron so great and what we admire about them as players is the fact that they showed up night in and night out and they gave the fans what they wanted to see that's I, what we want we want to see the I, nba stars playing at a high level and i think we're gonna when we look back on his career let me finish i'm almost done when we look back on Kawhi leonard's career after it's all said and done i believe we're gonna diminish some of his accomplishments because of the fact that he didn't play all 82 games and he didn't show up every single night no no that's yes. that, that, that's not I'm not saying I'm not saying he won't be an all-time great. I'm not saying that he won't no, be all-time great. Okay, yeah. But diminish his career because he didn't play all 82 games? Not career. I'm listen, hold on. Not career. I would diminish some of his accomplishments. And I would say, okay, your legacy, you're a great player. You're one of the all-time greats. But do I see you like I look at Kobe, like I look at Jordan, like I look at LeBron? You can never be in that conversation if you're not playing all 82 games and not winning NBA regular season MVPs. Okay. Here it is. Here it is. Hear me out. If if he wins.
wins another title, if he wins another NBA title this year, I will put him over Kevin Durant. I will. I will put him. No. Over, I will put him over Kevin Durant. No. Kevin, look, look. Regardless that he doesn't have no, regardless he doesn't have no league MVP, he come in day in day out in the playoffs. Shows up in the playoffs. Play all sixteen games. That's how much it is in the play. Along, I can't put a number on there, but he comes and shows. He comes and shows up in the playoff. He makes. He leads his team with dignity, work ethic, and leadership. That's something that Kawhi Leonard like carried all his career, all his season. I, I truly believe if he bring another title, it will put him over. It will put him over the tallest with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant still has something to prove. The only reason, the only reason that Kawhi Leonard won a championship last year was because Clay Thompson got injured in that's game a lie. six. No, that's, that's a, not a lie. The only reason that he won like, so, 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 so wait a minute. So they would have they would have beat a healthy Golden State Warriors team last year. They had to beat the, the loaded Warriors last Without year. Help, 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 they, yes. They was already losing. They was already losing that series. They was already no, I'm losing. asking you. I'm asking you. Let's say Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson never got injured with the Raptors that won a championship last year. Oh no, nah. I, I would have definitely said that. But they would have gotten swept. They no, would have gotten not swept. swept. Not swept. With nope. the healthy Golden State Warriors team, they no, would have got swept. Nope, nope. nope. I want to say swept. I say probably like five or six games. No, no. If with the healthy, okay, we disagree. But listen, here's what's so funny. Even without Kevin Durant, before Clay Thompson got injured, you remember the Warriors was winning Game Six before he got injured. I believe the Warriors would have went on to win Game Six in Oracle. Because they was he got injured in the third quarter. They would have went on and won game six and finished off the Raptors in seven in Toronto. And Drake wouldn't have been able to celebrate so like he like he would like he did had the Warriors not had the war. I'm sorry, I'm I'm talking I had Clay Thompson not get injured. That's what I'm saying, basically. Oh can I ask you something? Can I, without Kevin Durant, yeah. Can I, can I let me ask you something? Do you do you always hear the talk? Game one tells it all. Like, did you ever hear you ever heard that before? Game one tells tells the series how a series gonna go. Okay, so yeah, okay. The point is that Toronto, Toronto had the momentum in game one. Hell, all season Golden State didn't have no answer for Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Frank Van Vliet, Mark Gasol, Serge who? who? Man, you talking Look. about? Man, stop. Kyle, Kyle Lowry, all his playoff failures went up against LeBron. Don't even, bring, don't even bring him Kyle up. Lowry was a set. Kyle Lowry was great in this series. He don't ever use great in the same sense as Kyle he's Lowry. He wasn't great. He's the top stop. 10 point guard. He's the top but 10 point guard in the league. Fred Van Vliet outplayed Kyle Lowry in the final no. last year. Stop no. it. If you watch, Van Vliet did good. If you watch game six, Kyle Lowry was, was, no, was great. And this actually proved that that like Golden State, like Golden State was not hard to beat. You just have to figure out how you can beat them. And once you figure out how to beat them, you counter every move in them and you start what taking are you over. Talking the about they're not hard to beat. So you telling me it, it took for two of their top four players to get injured to beat them. That's, not, that's not hard. It's not hard to beat them. They didn't took that. If you, just, if you just admit it, if you just admit it that if Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant were both healthy that the Warriors would have beaten the Raptors, then that means that they are hard to beat at full strength. They're listen, hard to beat. You can't beat them unless it's an injury. Listen to it. When they lost KD, when they lost KD in the second round, and honestly, honestly, that was that was their their ship started start sinking. It started sinking because I felt like KD was 
made them a super team, and he made them powerful on the scoring side. And Steph Curry was struggling all through that playoffs. Klay Thompson was, paying, was playing the sidekick as it is. So when they was going to the final, they didn't have all the confidence. They were seeing when KD was coming back. And KD only came back, what, what 10 minutes, scored 11 but, points? Okay, so, so if Steph Curry was struggling so much after Kevin Durant got injured, how did Steph outplay Dame in the Western Conference Finals? Because I'm a Dame Miller fan. Steph outplayed Dame in the Western Conference Finals Steph, last year. Steph and Clay. Steph and Clay outplayed. No, Dame. it was meant because Clay Dame was being Dame Clay, was all contrib- back Clay contributed, but it was mostly Steph. Steph had like 40 in game one and game two. But let me say this real quick. Let's move on. I, I, I want to say this before we move on. I think that Kawhi Leonard, he's going to be an all-time NBA great once his career is said and done. And I think he's going to go down in the top 50 greatest players of all time, at least. That's just at least, bare minimal. But again, when we're at the end of his career and we're talking about his legacy and how it compares to other NBA greats, like Kobe, like Jordan, like LeBron, I think we're going to diminish some of what he accomplished and look at his legacy and say, man, all that low management, you got to show up and you got to ball out for the fans. That's what we want to see. And that's what the paying customer is paying to see. We're not paying to see Serge Ibaka and Fred Van Vliet. We're paying to see Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and MJ. All the that's superstars. What you want to see, man. Let's be honest. That's what you want to see. <laughs> Everybody want to see the superstars. Let's move on. All right. All right. Now we're moving on. So so early, early in the week, um, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, said, stated that they, they're trying to get get enough out of Joe Burrow, getting out of see what they can get out of him, basically. So, so my question for you though, Trey, because you know I'm a Bengals fan. You know, I got my Bengals cup, got my Bengals cup, who they till I die. Yeah. I want your honest opinion. Can can Burrow, like, can you do you really think Burrow can lead the Cincinnati Bengals back up to the top of the AFC North? Hell no. No, it's not going to happen. And by the way, let me go ahead and let everybody know. Go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore Wait, It's also on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. And also on Facebook, Wise Guys. We live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Just for the pur- the context purposes of this conversation, let me let everybody know what's really going on here. My co-host, Mr. Clarence Nixon, all year long, he was gloating about Joe Burrow and how Joe Burrow is going to get drafted by the Bengals, number one overall. And he's going to be this Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, let me let everybody know now that my co-host, Mr. Nixon, believes that Joe Burrow is on his on the first ride to Kent. Like, let's go ahead and start and and start up the, the car and let's 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 start up the Joe Burrow to, to for Canton train right now. Because you, my friend, believe that Joe Burrow is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he hasn't even had an NFL snap yet, which is utterly amazing to me it just it amazes me how you have this belief that joe burrow is going to be so great and we and you, you just forget about all these years with that abysmal franchise that you call the cincinnati Bengals. and i know i'm from cincinnati everybody knows we, we here local in cincinnati area i'm a packers fan but i do i do feel bad for some of my fellow Bengal fans like you who continue to keep suffering and getting duped into believing that Mike Brown is trying to help the Bengals and position the Bengals to be a winning franchise. Listen, do I believe Joe Burrow is going to lead the Bengals to the top of the AFC North? There's no way in hell it's going to happen. And let me tell you why. Because this year, 
Big Ben, he's going to be returning back to the lineup. And when Big Ben and Mike Tomlin are both, you know, active and they and the Steelers are making moves and doing things, I believe the Steelers are still a top two team in the AFC North because we've seen the Steelers be a consistent AFC contender for multiple years. Also, when you look at Lamar Jackson, the reigning 2019 NFL MVP, coming off a 36 touchdown, just six interceptions season. The Ravens, they have one of the top rosters in the NFL, and they also have one of the easiest schedules heading into next season as well. Cleveland Browns, we know they have great talent from top to bottom. Say what you want about the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, their roster is one of the best that we have in the National Football League. Therefore, I believe Joe Burrow and your lowly Bengals will be at fourth in the AFC North this upcoming season and also for many years to come. I don't see Joe Burrow digging your Bengals out of this hole that they've been in for the last few seasons. It's just not going to happen because he has too much to overcome. You know, I can expect that from a, a non-Bengals fan. You're, you're, you're not a Bengals fan, so you can't relate to what we're ha happy and excited about. People our people people look people outside of the Bengals fans keep blame keep stating that we're overhyping this this burrow guy and doesn't real excuse me doesn't realize that we're excited that we got a brand new franchise quarterback and there's a new sheriff in town to take over the quarterback spot and how come this is a problem when we all want to be happy about it like and I think, Trey, I, I know you don't watch the Bengals enough, but you really, I, I really think you don't really be doing your film on what the Bengals had done over these this offseason. They spent over $120 million on their defense, on the defense. And the defense came with Von Bell, DJ Reader, Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, and more, uh, Josh Vines. And look, the Bengals, the Bengals, are in the toughest division in the league. I give you that. That's the toughest division in the league. In my opinion, that's a hard-nosed, tough division in the league. And yeah. the situation that Burrow, that Burrow is getting itself into that when you're in a tough, tough division, you gotta, you gotta, like you said, availability has to be important for you because if you're missing a division game, that's gonna affect your team. That's going to affect the team. It's going to affect your organization. It's going to affect the city. It's going to affect them. And here's the thing about Cleveland. I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm a Bengals fan, and I'm a realist at the same time. I'm a sports fan second. I know the Cleveland Browns. They're, they got a nice setup up there. They really, really do got a nice setup up there. And I'm scared for the fact that they might sneak up, sneak up, and try try to take over and try to, and try to take over and make the playoff. If they make the playoff, the AFC North the race is going to be a mess because now Cleveland's involved now. And that's what we expected. But if they get involved, it's going to make everything more, more frustrating because Cleveland Browns is finally coming out the hole. But do I believe Joe Burrow can lead us back to AFC, AFC North? Of course. I truly believe that because we had the last division we had, last AFC little division we won was 2015. That was almost five years ago. Five years ago, we was, we was what, 2010, 2015, we was making the playoff fast for a year. We was trending in the right direction. We were a successful team that everybody in the media describe us as. It just, at the same time, Cincinnati is not a good place. 
Not people think it's not a good place, and it's a small market city. So people are not going to take the risk of Cincinnati because it's a small market city. For Burrow, he's walking into the great, a, a perfect situation. If you're talented what's enough, what's perfect about it? What's perfect about it is that yeah. we have. What's perfect about it is that we're finally getting a winner at quarterback. We're we're drafting number one again. We drafted another quarterback at one again. The last time we drafted someone at one was Carson Palmer. And we know how that situation go. When he got injured in 2005, and our playoff hopes was doomed. And now that we drafted Joe Burrow, we all we have to do is be excited and supportive for him. We got to so, be – what? No, I was going to say, so if Joe Burrow is so great, why did Joe Burrow have to transfer from Ohio State to LSU? Why did he have to leave? He couldn't even get a starting job at OSU. It, what, what, he didn't huh? lose his start as a talent. Let's, let's clear it. I'm, I'm just asking you. You're saying he's been so great. He had one great year. Let's call it what it is. And he was throwing the ball to studs. Justin Jefferson, Jameer Chase, and then he had Clyde Edwards in the backfield. Look, look, I'm going to just say this. At Ohio State, he broke his wrist, and he decided to transfer, which I thought was the best thing for him to do because you're not going to come back from a broken wrist and think you're going to win the starting job, especially over JT Barrett. That's Urban Meyer's guy. That was definitely his guy. So I can I can see the favoritism, but we're not going to get into that. So when he transferred to LSU, which was another great situation because LSU lacks the quarterback, lacks the quarterback play, and he fits right in. He just put the hard work in. He got better in his first in his first season, first season being the starting quarterback. He did struggle, but that following summer he got better and his work ethic came. Brilliant, and he started working hard, and boom, greatest season ever from a quarterback. Now, right, but one year wonder. Listen, listen, it's a lot of one year wonders that's in the league that became successful. So we're not going to get into that list one more time. But the thing is that everybody is not worried. Nobody complaining about his talent. They complain about the city of Cincinnati. People don't like the Bengals. You don't like the Bengals. You you hate them. I don't care. Listen, stop. Listen, stop saying that I don't like the Bengals. No, because listen, I listen. I I'm tired of them having my family and friends suffer. Don't tell me I don't like the Bengals. I am tired of them having people like you suffer year in and year out. Listen, the Bengals is a dysfunctional franchise, and if Mike Brown is the owner, the Bengals will never win a Super Bowl. And let me tell you something else. I can bet you in the next five years. The, the Cincinnati Bengals will win a playoff game, all because we oh a playoff game, okay? But y'all could even y'all could. That's what I was about to say. That's the Some first step. That's the first. You, you know what's so funny? You know what's so funny during the Marvin Lewis era, as much as Marvin Lewis did, as far as changing the culture and and having the Bengals at the top of the AFC North for multiple years and being legitimate contenders in the AFC, they never even won a playoff game. Under the Marvin Lewis stewardship, like they never even won a playoff game, and you you sit up here, you want me to believe in Zach Taylor? What the hell is Zach Taylor proving? Nothing. Zach Taylor has proven absolutely nothing, and the only reason he got the job is because he was one of the coaches that was on Sean McVay's staff. Sean McVay has gotten a few coaches' jobs in the NFL. Not that they necessarily deserved it, but he got them jobs because they had success as an overall staff. But Zach Taylor isn't proven. He hasn't done anything to make me believe that he can turn around this Bengals franchise that has been oh, in ant so for multiple years. That leads into our next question. So what do you, okay, in your own opinion, what do you expect from his, se- in his second season, in his second season? Not much. 
Not much because of the competition that you're going to be going up against in the AFC North. We just talked about the reigning MVP and Lamar Jackson. He's going to be returning back to the field. And I think the Baltimore Ravens, they legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Pittsburgh Steelers, they bring him back. Big Ben Roethlisberger coming off the injury last year. We got to see what he has left in the tank. But I believe Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches we have in the NFL. And he had the Steelers within one game making the playoffs last year with nobody's at quarterback. You look at the Cleveland Browns. They have one of the top rosters in the NFL from top to bottom. And they also brought in Kevin Stefanski. I think they're going to be a much improved football team. And I like their offense with Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. You got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. You still got Odell and Jarvis Landry on the outside at the receiver spots. So I believe the Browns also are are the best, the third best team in that division. So therefore, I don't really expect much from Zach Taylor and the Baker. You think Baker is going to be better than Burrow down down the stretch this year? I'm just saying down the stretch. I don't know what you mean by that stretch. Be be clear. Like, like in a couple years, and, and and if you if you can plant the next five years, which is Baker gonna be probably in his eighth season, Burrow's gonna be in his fifth season. So, do you think? Do you truly believe Baker Mayfield is gonna be better than Burrow? That's a good question because I still got my questions about Baker Mayfield as well. If Baker Mayfield don't get it done this year with the Browns, I'm not so sure if Baker Mayfield is gonna be in Cleveland much longer. Yeah, because he's he's had all these coaches. And he hasn't gotten it done. At some point, it, there's no more excuses to be made. You're the problem, Baker. You got all these weapons on the outside and Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. You had all these coaches fired and and Freddie Kitchens and and and, uh, and so all these guys getting and Hugh Jackson also got fired as well. So you're getting all these coaches fired. At some point, we're gonna have to place the blame on your shoulders. I'm not so sure if Baker is even gonna be in Cleveland for the next five or seven years. But I will say this. I believe in Kevin Stefanski more than I believe in Zach Taylor. So I think the Browns are going to be in a better position in the next five years compared to your Bengals. All right. All right. Let's just, all right, let's move on guys. So, so, so Trey, man, earlier in the week, anonymous coach has stated that Ezekiel Elliott is the 11th best running back in the league. Are you kidding me? The 11 best running back in the league. Do you do you uh do you believe do you believe uh Zeke is not a do you believe Zeke is top ten a top ten running back? Yes, for certain he's a top ten running back. And whoever this anonymous GM is, I wish you'll go ahead and let us know who he is. Don't remain anonymous. I hate these anonymous quotes from these anonymous people. We want to know who you are. Put your name on it. Ain't that what Herm ever said? Put your name on it. I want to know who in the hell believes that there are ten running backs currently better than Ezekiel Elliott but I think the issue is Ezekiel Elliott had a down year last year Clarence because the Dallas Cowboys they trailed in a lot of games last year so Ezekiel Elliott got taken out of the game plan if Ezekiel Elliott is taken out of the game plan that means more than likely the Dallas Cowboys are trailing early in football games you remember the game last year when my Packers played the Cowboys in Dallas we were up at one point 31 to 3 that means Zeke Elliott won't be a part of the game plan. You got to drop Dak yeah. Prescott back to throw the football to get and back into the game. So I believe that because Ezekiel Elliott was taken out of the game plan, people are forgetting the caliber of player that Ezekiel Elliott is. I want to know 10 running backs that are better than Ezekiel Elliott. Name yeah. Because I think it's crazy to say he's the 11th best running back in the league. Yeah, Stop it. Stop it. I wish this anonymous GM would tell us who he is so we can expose him 
on Wise Guys on the Worldwide Sports Network because he yeah. is completely wrong and his football IQ should be in question. Yeah, I agree with you right there, man. I, I like I hundred percent agree with you right there. This anonymous coach saying this this crazy talk, it just made me think like, have you do you actually evaluate players and their success in right years they've been playing? <laughs> and let me just say this. I, I, I don't I don't even believe Zeke had a down year. 2019, 300 rushes for 1,300 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns. That's still an all-pro stat right then and there. Like, yeah. getting over 1,300 yards, 1,300 yards in back-to-back seasons, like, that is something, like, work ethic is off the charts. This is ridiculous. Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. Even the year in 2000, 2017 when he got suspended for six games, but he played in 10 games, he was still productive with 243 rushes, almost 1,000 yards. What? What, what, 17 yards off a 1,000 yards? Like, I, I just don't understand these people' evaluations when they talk about these players as the 11 bats, 12 bats, whatever. In 56 games, Zico Elliott rushed for 5,405 rushing yards and had 40 touchdowns, 40 rushing touchdowns. That's the – that is like – the first, that's the most in his draft class, 2017. That's the most in his draft class, 2017. Those 40 touchdowns is ridiculous, Trey. 40 touchdowns that a product of what yeah. he can bring to the table. I think the people put him at 11th place is because, like you said, the Dallas Cowboys game plan him out of their, didn't bring him into their game plan, and they didn't bring, they didn't like put him more involved into the game plan. They didn't put him involved into the game plan. They were so worried about Dak Prescott having a, a brilliant season, which he had a, a good season. It wasn't average. Or de- it was a good season. I'll say it was a good season that what he had. But Ezekiel Elliott is like the workhorse of this team. And this guy right here is the like the backbone of this team right here. Without Z, this Cowboys team ain't successful. No, I completely agree with you. And, I, and I'm thinking about last year. The only three running backs I can say definitively had a better season than Ezekiel Elliott last year is Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry emerged in the postseason. He bought out in the playoffs, but he had a, a nice season last year. But those are those are the only three running backs I can say for sure had better years than, than Ezekiel Elliott. That, and that's just off the top of my head. Christian we McCaffrey, Sa- yeah, last year. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Derrick Henry. Who I mean, who else? Nick Chubb, I, I would give him that. Dalvin Cook, I, Dalvin, I, last year, last if we talk about last year, Dalvin Cook was the main the main force for the Vikings. Like he 40 was. Seconds. Okay, I got another name for you. Do you think? Okay, do you think Aaron Jones had a better year than Ezekiel Elliott? Believe it or not, he he did. He had 18, 18 rushing touchdowns straight. Eighteen rushing touchdowns. Yeah. That's the most. That's the most. Since a Green Bay Packer, who, who's the last time I had them type of numbers? What, Amon Green? Amon Green, yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. Let me be real honest. But, he was more involved in the Packers offense than Zeke was with the Cowboys. Because, believe it or not, Aaron Jones was like the next receiver for Aaron, for Aaron Rodgers. After, after Devontae, he was. He was. Right. I can name so many, though. I can name Chris McCaffrey, yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Was, was great for them because he was the engine of the Vikings. Um, Derrick Henry, he was just the Tennessee Titans. He was the Tennessee Titans whole team. Saquon? Sa- Sa- 
So, no, I can't even say Saquon because Saquon last year, what he he only had like six hundred rushing yards because he had that broken a- ankle. Remember that that messed That's up. Right. That's right. Yeah, because I ain't got I don't got no notes today. So yeah, but I want to yeah. say this real quick. Just because they had better seasons, don't mean they overall better than Ezekiel Elliott. Oh no. Nah. Oh, okay, nah. like Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones might have had a better season than Ezekiel Elliott last year, but Ezekiel Elliott is still better and more proven than than Aaron Jones. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, so but I think I just think it's disrespectful to have Ezekiel Elliott ranked out of the top ten on any running back list. Like, what are we even doing here? Like, what do you even evaluate and watch the games? Why? Like what? He's a top five running back in the league. He's a top five running back in the league. That's someone that you would never should leave out. Hell, if it was Todd Gurley, I'd say yeah. He he probably jumped out the top top five, possibility top ten. He probably his number dropped. Yeah, because right. production last year was not the best. He didn't even have a honey. He didn't even put up a hundred yard rushing game. Like that's right there. That could have been better. That Todd Gurley could have been number eleven. He could have been number eleven to be honest. Yeah, let's move on and let's talk about the Sixers for the last segment of the week on the Wise Guys Show on the Worldwide Sports Network. Joel B said he's not a big fan of the NBA coming back to play in the bubble, and he's not confident enough that everyone will follow the proper protocols. So, does Joel B have a point here? I agree, but here's my here's my point though. If you wasn't comfortable with the protocol and you felt like that the NBA is really not going to take care of these players and make sure they go through the procedures of the protocol, you could have opt out, opt out the season, in my opinion. Because I feel like why complain about something when you're about to play in it? You're about to play in that in that, that bubble. And if you feel like that it's too dangerous to play in, then you should have all rights to opt out. You should have opt, yeah. opt out this season. That's but just- I I think this is Jordan B basically telling on himself. He can't, yeah. he can't trust himself. That's what he's talking about. I yeah. agree with I agree with him that not everyone is going to follow the protocols in the bubble. But I think he's one of those individuals who will bend the rules a little bit. I think he's talking about himself here, Clarence, more so than everyone else. But yeah. I want to I get to the second question on this Sixers topic before, before we close the show for the uh, week and go into the weekend. The second question is, before we get out of here, are the Sixers legitimate championship contenders? Believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the the, the team that like that like the top three teams in the Eastern Conference that are legitimately playoff uh, contenders is the Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics, and the Philadelphia 76ers. I can't believe that I am actually saying it because you get a caliber player in Joel Embiid. If he's healthy and he got his mind straightened out, that that would be a big plus. If a big don't Simmons, you try to bring up that Bell and B, you try to say Yoki's better than B. Oh, Yoki's is better than MB. No, he's but not. Same, no, he's but not. Same, but at the same time, but at the same time, MB is the best center in the Eastern Conference. He's the yes. best center in the Eastern Conference. But and he's the yes, he's the best in the Eastern Conference. So that gives him more valuable of hey. He's good enough to lead his team to a championship, and I and I can and I can bet on that. But here's the problem here: when Ben Simmons is not shooting the ball, that becomes a cancer. But I truly believe this this Sixer team is a playoff contender, man. If they get their mind straight out, no, no, not not playoff contender, championship contender. Oh, champ, championship contender. If Brett Brown, like you said, he's one of the Senate, he's Greg Popovich's old assistant coaches. If he get his mind together, I truly believe uh, the Sixers can bring in the title. 
I say no, they're not championship contenders. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I don't believe in the chemistry dynamic between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Number one, I don't know what kind of shape Joel Embiid is going to be in after we had this five-month layoff. I don't know how he's going to – his conditioning is. I don't know if he's going to be able to get up and down the court at a fast enough pace. I'm not sure about Joel Embiid's overall shape. And I've always had questions about Ben Simmons' perimeter shooting. Ben Simmons does not shoot perimeter shots. That's my biggest issue with Ben Simmons. Until Ben Simmons can learn how to, to hell, not even make, at least attempt perimeter shots, I don't think the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Sixers are going to be championship contenders. And also, I got big questions about Brett Brown. I'm not sure if Brett Brown is the kind of coach that can lead the Sixers to a championship. But we got to go, and we'll be back on live next week on the Worldwide Sports Network on Wise Guy Sports. Clarence, before we get out of here, you got any big plans this weekend? Yeah, uh, I'm working on the weekend as usual, trying to get my shit together, and I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that it doesn't rain. Okay, before we get out of here, I want to give a big birthday shout out to Trey Mir, my son. He's gonna be seven years old tomorrow, oh, man. God, he gets bigger, man. He gets hey, big, man. Birthday. Tell him happy birthday. I'm gonna Facetime you, man. So I can happy birthday to him. Facetime man. me, man. Trey Mir's gonna be seven years old. He's excited tomorrow about his birthdays. He's he's been calling me all week about it. So. That's what that's my weekend. Yeah, he about to turn up. He said he video games all night, junk food. Yeah, that's gonna be a good one, right? There. Yes, sir. <laughs> man. Hey, man, Clint, have a good weekend, bro. Yep. Hey, whoa, whoa, everybody, go follow Wise Guys on Facebook, Instagram, these guys know sports, Twitter, Wise Guy 08, and subscribe to our YouTube page at Wise Guy. You are now watching Wise Guys on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. There you go, brother Trey. Peace. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.